just handed to me. The following podcast is a Sam Productions production. Welcome to the Autism Warriors podcast, episode seven, A Potpourri of Positives. You could visit us at our website at autismwarriors.com. Our email is feedback at sayitproductions.com. Twitter is sayitprods, P-R-O-D-S. Our voicemail is 813-915-6390. We're here live every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. We respect and uphold the rights of people to make choices concerning their family member with autism, whether it be vaccinations, therapies, or medications. My name's Erica Plord. I'm the mother to two children on the autism spectrum, Cassidy 9 and Garrett 7. I'd like to introduce my co-host, Pamela Mari. Good evening. My name is Pam. I am mom to Joey, 13 years of age, and he also is on the spectrum. So we didn't have any voicemails or emails or comments this week. So I'm going to go right on to our resources that are available. I stumbled upon a free online autism conference that starts on Saturday, April 9th and goes through Sunday, April 10th. You could find uh, the link in the show notes on the website. Uh, this uh, this particular site offers free online websites webinars to anyone who wants to educate themselves on autism. It's not just the conference. They have all sorts of webinars that people can go and listen, watch, listen to, participate in, and whatnot. I actually signed myself up, so I'm going to be going to that conference. And it's all online, so, which is good. They actually had Temple Grand- Grandin as a speaker. Oh, wow. I'll have to check it yeah. out. Yeah. Um, and then one that I ran across today, um, people, it's a survey to help with diagnosing autism. It'll take 10 minutes of your time. And they're, they're the people doing the survey are trying to reach 500 participants by April 1st. And that's this Friday. It takes no more than 10 minutes of your time. It only took me about three minutes to do the survey. Um, and you can find that link on the autismwarriors.com website under episode seven. Cool. Okay. Well, um, this time, and as you probably may hear this week, I am live and in color from my sunroom adjoining my kitchen. So we may have some, some media background accompanying me, but I found, um, a new application that's been developed. It's called discover my voice. And right now it is an application only for Android phones and tablets. And it was created for non-verbal or low-verbal persons. You can take your own pictures and incorporate them into a visual library. And then, obviously, you use the Android or the Android tablet to tap to talk for folks that need a communication device. And I corresponded with the developer of it. And they say they submitted uh, the app for the iPad this week for approval through Apple. So that should be coming out soon, and you can find that at discovermyvoice.com. Oh, that's awesome. 
So you can tailor the pictures. You know, you can take a picture of your kitchen or your bathroom, incorporate it into the application so that the the person is able to say, oh, that's my refrigerator, you know, or that's my school bus or, or what have you. So it's kind of cool. And it, it seems like a small firm, a small company trying to do something good as opposed to make a ton of money. So I'm going to keep in touch with them. Uh, they said they would let us know about the progress of the app. They're also willing to give us a key code that if Ooh. we would like to offer to one of our listeners, oh, uh, that listener that listener can go to their website and get a free trial of the app. That sounds great. So that sounds absolutely great. Yeah. Well, the topic of the week is milestones, good things, talents, accomplishments, and downright awesome things our kids and adults on the spectrum do. And some of the general traits of autism with a positive application, I thought you might want to start off with the first topic, Pam. Well, the the one that everybody seems to know of because of the Rain Man film is the superb memory skills. Uh, As an example, Joey's memorized all his videotapes, and we have about 100. He knows the episodes. The commercials, what tape the commercial is on, what tape a particular trailer for another completely non-related movie is on. He's memorized all his computer games, the script to each, and the sequence for each game. Wow. And that just, you know, I didn't push him to do it. He just does it. So they, they do have fabulous memory skills. Yeah, Cassidy and Garrett also have great rote memorization skills. They can repeat lines from movies, TV shows, even TV commercials. And this is one of the reasons why I try to limit their watching TV. (laughs) Also, they remember things that happened years ago, even conversation. Cassidy always wants me to tell the story of Garrett in the car, thinking she said cheese and rice as opposed to Jesus Christ. Do you want to tell us? Yeah, I'll tell you the story. It's pretty funny. We were driving. I was going to drop them off at my father's house um, for a visit with their cousins. And Cassidy said to me, Mom, when I die, will I go to heaven? And I said, well, yeah, when people, you know, we we got into a religious conversation and she said, well, I meet Jesus Christ there. And Garrett goes, cheese and rice. (laughs) It was just too funny. I'm like, um, I couldn't do anything but burst out laughing. So (laughs) it was pretty funny. And she she tried to cover up for her or he honestly, that's honestly what he heard. He actually thought he heard cheese and rice. Okay, I've heard. And she goes, not cheese and rice, Garrett. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Poor kid. I've heard my my sister-in-law says peas and rice. Oh. That would work just (laughs) as well, obviously. That's cute. Well, another another characteristic that I can talk about is attention to detail. Uh, One year, Joey insisted on having the purple bow from a bag of Christmas stick-on bows mm-hmm. and I kept insisting there there is no purple bow in that bag you know because I'm thinking it's Christmas red and gold and silver and you know purple who would make a purple Christmas bow and the poor kids standing there going I want the purple one I want the purple one and I'm like there is no purple one well of course there was a purple one and only he <laughs> noticed it you know I didn't notice because I just couldn't conceive of a purple Christmas bow, but he was right. And he, he can 
remember or notice little things like that that you or I just blow over. Mm-hmm. You know, we assume it's not there or we think we know everything and, and wham, there it is. So it's funny, just when you think they're not paying attention, they can ramble off everything you just said. Um, but Cassidy can see a picture or an image on the TV and then go ahead and draw the image she just saw. She's a very good artist. Wow. She really is. She'll just, oh, okay. I'm going to draw this out. Mom, how does that look? I'm like, wow. Wow. You just saw wow. it once, yeah. You try to and obviously, that. along with that, they're, they're what is are, is are called visual thinkers, as Temple Grandin often refers to. Uh, think Thinking in pictures when presented with a word, as opposed to us, they create a, a visual representation of words you know, whether it be elevator or moose or what have you, mm-hmm. you know, if I say moose to you, you know what a moose is. So you don't necessarily visualize a moose, whereas, whereas they do. And that helps in, in many, well, obviously it helped Temple Grandin to design the cattle processing apparatus that she's famous for because she was able to visualize the cow being led into the, the chute. Ah, Definitely. Cassidy and Garrett both need to be shown how to do something because being the visual thinkers and the visual learners, they have to be shown. Not just, you can't just tell them uh, one plus one is two for a very lame example. You actually have to show them one, one plus one, now you have two. You know, and you have to give them something. I mean, Garrett um, has trouble with math, and I literally have to show him how to do it. Then once I show him how to do it, he stops hitting himself in the head and says, aha. Um, For his math, actually, we have, because he's a visual learner, he has a magic ruler to use instead of counting on his fingers because he would count on his fingers which surprises me because he has a great memory, but he can't grasp the concept of math. Oh. I don't, today's math just, I don't know how they learn it anyway. I I don't know either because they give them these cubes and they have to count the cubes. Here's a hundred cubes and you count these and then you count them by tens and then they have single cubes over here. And I'm like, what? I couldn't Cassidy get that brought this math grid home tonight, and she's like, Mom, I don't know how to do this. And I looked at it, and I said, I don't know how to do that either. But luckily, the teacher had downloaded that math grid from a website, and I went to that website, and I was able to create a grid just like the teacher did, but also provide – I got to check off a point, uh a place where it said provide an example for the children. So I got it on my computer and I said, oh, now I get it. You got to separate the numbers by tens and ones because they were double digit multiplication tables. I was like, whoa, my head hurts just looking at this. But I was able to then explain it to her and show her how to do it. Way too hard for me, I can tell you that. Mm. And another trait that we'd like to mention is innocence or shall we say lack of prejudice and I know this to be true because I see it in Joey's class our kids couldn't care less if you're white black Asian or purple our kids want the game that the kid next door has or the truck or the toy that you know the boy on the bus has 
but they're not necessarily jealous of him for having it. It's just out there. I just want it. It's not that I don't like Timmy because he has one. Yeah, definitely. And we missed the honesty. You will usually get an honest opinion, not one peppered with social niceties. That's true. Def- and sometimes it, right in your face, you'll get it too. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely have experienced that one. Garrett blurting out that people are too loud in a noisy waiting room or I love it when they are so very honest about things. Cassidy telling stories about kids in her school and gives me full detail, but also says it exactly how it is about her peers. Um, Garrett will also tell people that their language is inappropriate for him. He even tells me, Mommy, you're watching a movie that's inappropriate for me. Oh, well, good for him. Yeah, maybe you are. I, yeah, I was. All right. <laughs> Cassidy came in today after school and I was watching a movie and she, the, the, the guy on the movie dropped the F-bomb. She goes, Mom, that hurts my ears. <laughs> I said, OK, I'll turn the movie off. <laughs> so. I wish Joey was that sensitive. So I will admit, and we give kudos to and thanks to Lisa Joe Rudy, who is uh, one of the writers for About.com, and she's a, always writes about autism, and I took liberty of taking her article called The Top 10 Terrific Traits of Autistic People, and she writes, if you're sick of hearing about all the quote-unquote deficits challenging people on the autism spectrum, join the club. But for every downside to autism, there seems to be a positive, an unusual trait that rarely appears among the quote-unquote typical community but shines out among autistic folk. These pluses are well worth celebrating. And as we said, she says, autistic people rarely lie. We all claim to value the truths, but almost all of us tell little white lies. And all that is except people on the spectrum. To them, truth is truth, and a good word from a person on the spectrum is the real deal. Also, people on the spectrum live in the moment. How often do typical people fall, fail Pardon me, to notice what's in front of their eyes because they're distracted by social cues or random chit-chat? People on the spectrum truly attend to the sensory input that surrounds them, and many have achieved the idea of mindfulness. People with autism rarely judge each other's judge each other, and that is very, very true. Who's fatter, richer, smarter? For people on the spectrum, these distinctions hold much less importance than for typical folks. In fact, people on the spectrum often see through such surface appearances to discover the real person. So they're not interested in your Gucci shoes or you know your Mercedes or whatever. They just see you for you. And autistic people are passionate, of course. Not all autistic people are alike, but many are truly passionate about the things, ideas, and people in their lives. And how many typical people can say that? People with autism are not tied to social expectations. If you ever bought a car, played a game, or joined a club to fit in, you know how hard it is to be true to yourself. But for people with autism, social expectations can be honestly irrelevant. What matters is the true liking, interest, and passion and not keeping up with the Joneses. People with autism have terrific memories. We said, you know, we already went over that. Autistic people are less materialistic. And of course, again, she says it's not universally true, but in general, people with autism are far less concerned with outward appearances than their typical peers. Joey's telling me silence. (laughs) (laughs) Silence. 
really is. Autistic people play fewer head games, and autistic people have fewer hidden agendas. Most of the time, if a person on the spectrum tells you what he wants, he's telling you what he wants. No need to beat around the bush or second-guess him and hope that you're reading between the lines. It is what it is. People with autism open new doors for neurotypicals, that being us. For some of us, neurotypicals having having an autistic person in our lives has had a profound positive impact on our perceptions and expectations. So I don't think anyone could have said it better than Lisa Joe Rudy, and we thank her for, for that. Uh, I'll tell you, the last one, people with autism open new doors for neurotypicals. Definitely having two children on the autism spectrum catapulted me to wanting to learn more about autism. And then ultimately... A year later, after Cassidy was diagnosed, I went back to school because I was so fascinated with autism, and I chose psychology as my major. So that's, you know, that opened a whole world of opportunity for me, um, even though they were diagnosed with that and they had some hurdles that they had to overcome. It opened a door for me. True. So, I mean, it, one that you may have never thought of, but it all kind of works out in the end. It all ended up working out in the end, and now I'm on my last class, and I have the the upper hand. <laughs> but do you had some contributions from our friends? Yeah, I'm getting a lot of background input here this week, folks. So it's okay. I, I can read. You can read. Um, all I did was contact one of my friends, and his name is Rex. He is um, probably about 40 years, 45 years of age. He's on the spectrum. He's a friend through our Autism Society, and he's very open and, and helpful. Uh, feel free to read it. He okay. he tends to go on a little bit, which is part of the whole autistic thing. You know, he, he often has told me, you have to tell me when to shut up because I don't know when to stop. But I asked him, I just sent him an email and I said, hey, this is the scoop. You know, we do this podcast. This is the topic this week. Could you, from the horse's mouth, tell us what you consider a positive trait that is directly attributable to the ASD? And this is what he sent me back, if you'd care to read it. Oh, I can read it. One trait that I'm aware of is, for lack of words, all-ism. You heard can't see the forest because of the trees. I can't see the trees because of the forest. I see all the individual trees and get overloaded. I've noticed a connection of everything with everything else. There are varying degrees of this, but in simpler explanation, a lot of times I'll see easily how something is connected, related, tied to, question mark, question mark, question mark, don't know the word to use, to somebody else and nobody else is capable of seeing that. Yes, it does get me in trouble when it does not obviously relate to the problem being solved, but there are times when I see it and solve the problem. Going further into music, I now understand how I can hear music sometimes in real time for the first time and play right along with it. It's a very fickle and unpredictable, but does occur frequently enough to make me take notice. And uh, Rex is an engineer at a local TV station, plays music by ear, builds computers and all types of electrical broadcasting equipment. And he's a great guy. He he is super. He has a parrot 
who is about his best friend. He helps out at the Humane Society. And I was very happy that he responded and let us use what he wrote. That, that is great. Kudos to him. Maybe sometime in the future he'll come on and, and talk because he loves, he loves to talk and he'll often say how hard it is to, to gain friends because he only gets certain days off during the week and they're obviously not the party days of the week. So he's like, where can I go on a Wednesday? You know, yeah, right. <laughs> to meet new people on a Wednesday night. So, but he's he's a very cool guy. And I just picked out this story uh, about a, a young man named Stephen Wiltshire uh, because of what he's made of his life and in his life due to his his autism and what he has done with it. As a child, Stephen was mute and did not relate to other human beings. At three, he was diagnosed as autistic. He had no language uncontrollable tantrums and lived entirely in his own world. At the age of five, Stephen was sent to Queen's Mill School in London, a school for children with special needs where it was noticed that the only pastime he truly enjoyed was drawing. It soon became apparent that he communicated with the world through the language of drawing. First animals, then London, buses, and finally buildings. And the teachers at the school encouraged him to speak by temporarily taking away his art supplies. So that he would be forced to ask for them. Yeah, Joey, silence. <laughs> you silence in about a half no, an hour. No, no silence tonight. Stephen responded by making sounds and eventually uttered his first word, paper. He learned to speak at the age of nine. And I'll move it along here a little bit. In 2001, he appeared in a BBC documentary for which he was filmed flying over London aboard a helicopter and subsequently completing a detailed and perfectly scaled aerial illustration. Wow. Yeah. In January 2006, it was announced that Stephen was being named by Queen Elizabeth II as a member of the Order of the British Empire, which is pretty freaking cool, in recognition of his services to the art world. No specific mention of his disability was made in his citation. So they didn't say, oh, well, he has autism and we're making him. Then No, she just gave it like she'd give to any artist. Later that year, he opened his permanent gallery at the Royal Opera Arcade in London. Definitely. So his, his visual skills, his memory allowed him to just look at something and come back and paint it. Wow. That's awesome. That is awesome. That's a, that's a great positive spin on autism my goodness i mean and he's not the only one i there was another story but i i wasn't able to find it about i'm a sure man. i think oh tons of them you know tons and tons and tons, tons of wonderful stories so now we are on to our random news stories random news stories uh this one the advantages of autism one mom's take and it's an e-zine article Again, like what Ru- uh, yeah, Lisa Joe Rudy wrote, this is a mom's take on her child, the positive that she sees coming from directly from the autism. And it was very day to day and how she sees her child developing. I just thought it was a really good article. Uh, the other one, this one, it was all over Facebook this week. I shoved it in my husband's face because my, my husband is an Einstein addict. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, my God, we got the Einstein magazines in the bathroom, you know, and every time something comes up about the theory of relativity, which I don't even understand, you know, he'll run in the bathroom and grab this this magazine and say, here, read this paragraph. And I'll be like, 
I don't really care about the theory of relativity. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I really, really don't, you know, but uh, this article is about a little boy, and he still is a little boy in my, he's 12 years old, and the headline reads, 12-year-old genius expands Einstein's theory of relativity, thinks he can prove it wrong. Oh, wow. So on Sunday morning when my husband got up, I was like, you got to look at this. You got to see that. <laughs> Could Einstein's theory of relativity be a few mathematical equations away from being disproved? Jacob Barnett of Hamilton County, Indiana, who is just weeks shy of his 13th birthday, he thinks so, and he's got the solutions to prove it. Barnett, who has an IQ of 170, explained his expanded theory of relativity in a YouTube video. His mother, Christine, who admittedly flunked math, did what every other mother would do if her genius son started talking mathematical gibberish. She told him to write it on, write it down, and she taped it as he did so. The point being, while most of his math genius goes over our heads, some professors at the Institute for Advanced Study in Princeton, and then it says, you know, the U.S. academic Homeroom for likes of Albert Einstein, J. Robert Oppenheimer, and Kurt Godel, I believe, have confirmed he's on the right track to coming up with something completely new. So the kid's going to blow Einstein's theory out of the water. Oh, wow. For now, they're encouraging him to continue doing what he likes to do. The point is, Barnett's parents knew that there was something different about their son when he didn't speak until the age of two. He was diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome, a mild form of autism. Instead, they were astounded when he started solving 5,000-piece puzzles by the age of three. Wow. The 12-year-old taught himself <laughs> calculus, algebra, and geometry in two weeks. And can solve up to 200 numbers of pi. I don't even know one. And I don't mean <laughs> coconut cream. I mean, <laughs> unbelievable. Wow. He left high school at the ripe old age of eight and has been attending college-level advanced astrophysics classes ever since. Wow. Right now, he's being recruited by Indiana University, Purdue, and but he still likes to watch the Disney Channel. And sci-fi wow. sci movies, sci-fi movies, so maybe we can get him to help out on sci another say a – Yeah, that would be – I think that would be really interesting. That would so be. So that is a definite positive of autism and a good thing. This is a feel-good show. This is what good things that our, our folks do, and that certainly is one of them. So you go and solve – Bust Einstein's theory of relativity. Yeah, bust definitely. His wow, that's awesome. So, how was your week? Oh, um, I don't know. It's, I my little boy is chubby. Shall we say? Mm hmm. I don't know how because he's so stinking hyper. Hyper. I mean, just if not in movement, in I don't know how to put it, in thought, hyper in thought, constantly in thought of not one thing, but maybe it appears to be two things at the same time. It just, 
I say, why aren't you skinny? <laughs> you know, how can you have so much energy and, and be so tubby? You know, I just, so that has its own set of problems to go with it, you know, probably because I'm 54 and I'm not 26 and everything gets on my nerves. But um, so that, and sometimes I need to take a trip to the patient store, I call it, you know, like the Walmart, you know, take my shopping cart and fill it up at the patient store. And Joey's been asking for this little bear CD like forever. So I finally ordered it and it came only to find out that because it's an old game, it doesn't work with Windows 7. You can't use compatibility so, mode? Oh, I compatibility myself to death. I, I'm going to go buy a $100 laptop with 98 on it and just go that route. Oh. You know, just to shut myself up because I've, uh, I've virtual PC. I've tried, you know, everything. So sometimes older is better is the way I put it. So, And in April, I have an IEP meeting coming up. But that shouldn't be too bad and running around trying to get things for the autism raffle for school. So that was – that was oh, um, and the bus driver, I'm sorry, bus driver uh, didn't write us up this week. However, she did take the bag, like the Mr. Whale bag, okay, uh, uh-huh. that has all the reinforcers in it and shoved it in the aide's face this week and said, here, take this. I'm tired of him throwing this stuff at me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, I wasn't the one that said to put items on the bus, you know. So I made Joey write a note last night that said, you know, dear Miss X, I'm sorry I threw the Viewmaster at you. So, and I took away his iPad oh, for doing that. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. But right now he's out there quiet and he's doing a good job, so. Well, that's good. See? You know, how is yours? I had an okay week. Garrett's still having little mini meltdowns before getting on the bus in the morning. And last night I went through his bag to get his homework so we could work on it before Cassidy had her group therapy. And I found a slinky in his backpack. And I said to him, why, when did you put the slinky in the backpack? Why do you have it in there? And did and you obviously brought it to school. And I said, but why do you have it in there? He goes, because I'm a spoiled brat. <laughs> I said, who told you you're a spoiled I was brat? Say, where'd you hear that at? I said, where'd you hear that at? He goes, because I'm a spoiled, he just kept saying it, because I'm a spoiled brat. And I'm like, but who told you you're a spoiled brat? Mom, I'm just a spoiled brat. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to ask it more than three times. So you don't okay. know where he picked that up. I don't know where he picked it up. He probably came to my house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, my kids, I, I will admit they are spoiled. I, I, they have everything they want and need at the same time. Like today I took them to Walmart and I bought them. I kept telling them, no, Little Big Planet 2 is too expensive. I don't want to pay $60 for a game. But then I said, well, you know what? I bought myself a video game the other day. I think I'm going to buy them that. You know, they've been good. They've been not been fighting, not been hitting each other, and, and they've been very good, so they deserve a reward. So I bought them the Little Big Planet, too, and they were allowed to play on it for 45 minutes today. 
<laughs> okay, so it was, was a like, reinforcer. Mm-hmm. It was a reinforcer. You've been good, you know, but don't think I won't take it away. <laughs> So Cassidy's getting better every day. She still has some meltdowns and difficulty communicating with me. Um, If I don't hear her, because she has a soft voice, if I don't hear her the first time or if I don't respond to her the first time, as soon as she says what she says, or sometimes she'll just come down and look at me like I'm supposed to read her mind. Um, She gets very angry, refuses to repeat herself, and then will storm off. So we're working on it. We're working on it with her. But she um, I, a parent, she comes home every day with a story from school about how she interacted with a specific child and how she handled how she handled it. And uh, I give her I give her a lot of credit because this this group therapy that she's been going to on Monday nights, I think last night was the ninth week. I don't know how long it's going to last, but it's. It's doing wonders for her self-esteem. It's doing wonders for her social skills. Um, I just, I, I can't thank her therapist enough for seeing the need and and not only in Cassidy, but in other girls and forming that group. What do they actually call it? I mean, they just it call a it, title? it doesn't really have a title. Um, or, or if it does, I don't know what it is. They just, she just called it girls group, but they go in there and they do role playing and, uh, different, uh, scenarios. And what would you do if you were in this situation? And she says, she told me that Cassidy's very active and very, very wanting to be in the role plays and, and just a joy, I, I guess a joy to have in the group. She's very active actively participates which is a good thing it sounds like a really good idea i mean it just and if she truly enjoys it maybe she'll go on like maybe she'll join the theater group or something at school or you know as she gets older she's a little young for that yet maybe but it sounds like if she's not afraid to stand up and talk in front of other people you know she can parlay that into some more academic and maybe recreational areas as yeah. in essence, she's enjoying it to the point that she doesn't really realize it's helping her, you know, exactly. she's having a good, she's having a good time doing it. Exactly. And that, that's the whole premise of it. They're having a good time doing it. So they don't even realize that they're learning anything. <laughs> and then she applies it in her everyday life, which is, which is awesome. Um, finally got her to bring her clarinet to school yesterday. We'd been having problems. I think I talked about that last week where I got the 20 minute, 30 minute phone call from the music director saying that Cassidy hadn't been bringing her clarinet. And yesterday she ran up the stairs. I almost forgot my clarinet. I'm like, good. I'm glad you remembered. We remember it every Monday. Yeah, but I think that's normal. I mean, yeah, that's normal. I've heard stuff. that from other other folks. Yeah, kids forget this and they forget that, you know. And... So, but that was basically our week. We didn't have a lot of. We had a good week. We had a very good week. So, but I have them on a strict schedule. I mean, they they had to wake Cassidy had to wake me up a couple of days. Mom, your 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 alarm clock is going off. Oh. Okay, I'll get up. 
Well, Joey's got this script now. I don't know where the heck he got it from, but it's uh, when the when my iPhone alarm goes off, he says, "Just five more minutes, just five more minutes, please." You know, <laughs> it's like you get a half an hour. You don't only get five more minutes. I'm the one that has to get up. You know, my alarm goes off at five o'clock in the morning, and she's waking me up at like seven o'clock. Today she woke me up at 6.30. Mom, your alarm clock has been going off, keeps going off. Are you going to get up? I'm like, okay, Cassidy, I'll get up. I'll get up. Fine. I'll get up. I don't want to, but I will. So, so you didn't hear anything back from the teacher about the slanky, or do you think she didn't know about it? About the about the slinky? slinky. No, yeah. I don't think I don't think the teacher knew anything about it. But I did get a, a bizarre phone call from Garrett's school yesterday, the school secretary, saying that they had tried to send me a couple of things in the mail, but they didn't have my updated address. I said I moved in November. I said I updated my address with you guys back in November. So I'm thinking that the stuff that they tried sending to me has something to do with an IEP. And plus, I have parent-teacher conferences this week for the kids. Cassidy's is tomorrow, and Garrett's is on Thursday. So I'm just, uh, I'm not really, I'm not really worried about Cassidy's so much as I'm worried about Garrett's. <laughs> I'm expecting to be told that he is not a joy to have in class. But I asked him today if his paraprofessional was still going in the afternoons. Because remember I told you back at the PPT meeting we had in the fall, they refused to have a paraprofessional go. Yeah. And they said that they didn't have that capacity. But now all of a sudden they have a paraprofessional go every afternoon to his classroom to help the teacher. So I asked him today, I said, is Mrs. Najimi still going to class with you in the afternoons? Yep, she is. She turns my card. <laughs> now, is he, he's mainstreamed, right, Garrett? He's, he's in a reg, quote-unquote regular class. Erica. Oops, sorry, I muted. Um... <laughs> I leaned up against the table and my microphone muted. I so. said, is Garrett in a regular class? Yes, he is in a regular class. He started off kindergarten in a regular class, but he was having there were too many kids and he was having a hard time. His sensory issues got the better of him. So then he got kicked out of daycare and that was like the straw that broke the camel's back and I had to um have an emergency PPT meeting with the with the folks at the school and they offered the autism program over at another school and I said well if it works great and so they kept him in a re restricted classroom with a couple other there was like two or three other kids in the classroom and they kept them there him there um, until they could then move him to a regular classroom um, he was still had to do all the work and everything and you know, he, he had a really hard time. Um, I do remember that at his triennial last year, they said that he was clinically significant in depression, clinically significant in anger management issues. But of course they came back and told me that my child was no longer on the autism spectrum. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll let you tell it, whatever. You don't know what you're talking about, but, but he is mainstreamed. 
he he visits the school psychologist i think once a week and he goes to a reading group for his comprehension and he that's about it yeah that's about it and what grade's he in second okay but I'll tell you, if he's not doing any, I don't think he's doing, he's having a hard time with certain math concepts and certain other concepts. And I will, you know, he refuses to do the work. And I told him, if you don't start doing your work and start doing better in math, better in reading, you're going to stay back. You're not going to go to third grade. You're going to stay in second grade. And he was like, but I want to go to third grade. I'm like, not if you're not doing well. You need to. You need to. You need to accomplish second grade. So, I don't want to hurt his fragile ego, but you know, if he's not doing well, then why let him progress to the next grade? Yeah. So I'm uh, kind of about the parent-teacher conference. Well, like I said, I have an IEP coming up, but I can I cannot complain in in any way, shape, or form about. Joey's current teacher. He's been there for two years. She's wonderful. Um, I wish there were more verbal children in his classroom so he would have someone other than the little boy he scripts with to talk to, other than the adults. And I've asked them to put some, like a job, um, some kind of a job into his IEP where every day he might go get the mail at the office, you know, or go make copies at the office or something to get out of that classroom and deal with some of the folks in the office, the regular staff, you know? Yeah. Just for exposure. Yeah. Cause he needs that. He definitely needs that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I see, um, see Garrett, had the same kindergarten teacher as he did in first grade. And so in second grade, he kind of got all out of whack because it was a transition from first grade to second grade, but also a new teacher, which probably freaked him out, you know, so, but I don't, I, I think, he, I think, like I said, I think I said it last week, I'm going to try to get him into his own individual therapy we he's invited to go to Cassidy's individual therapy so we can make it like a family therapy, but I really think he needs the one-on-one with mom. And yeah, and I would I would respect her privacy, so to speak, by letting her have yeah. her exposure to her girl girl quote friends in the group and not, you know, see her little brother over her shoulder type thing. You know? Well, I mean, she gets individual therapy too. Her little brother can be over her shoulder in that, but not in the girl. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not, not in, the group. in the girl's group. Yeah. She, she, um, she said, Oh yeah, Garrett can come. I said, but then it just turns out with me telling Garrett, get off the floor, Garrett, get off the floor, Garrett, come out from underneath the table, Garrett, come out from underneath the chairs. No, Garrett, don't touch the wind. Don't touch the blinds. No, Garrett. <laughs> you know? So it's like, I totally cut him out. I'm like, you're not going anymore because he doesn't like going anyway, but he is going to get into his own individual therapy because he needs it. He definitely needs it. So maybe we could find through the same, I can do a self-referral. I know that much. Do a self-referral for him. 
And so, but that, that, you know, we didn't have a really, we had an okay week. They, they, um, didn't go with their, what? I'm sorry. Go ahead. They didn't go with their father on Friday night. They went for a sleepover at their aunt and uncle's house at my brother's house. And they were so excited. Um, we knew that my brother wasn't going to pick them up till like seven thirty, quarter to eight at night. So, you know, we had pizza and we made it fun. Even the neighbor's kids next door came over and played. And I was like, wow, my kids are cool. <laughs> See, I don't have any opportunities like that anymore. The little girl, Across the street, who obviously now is not the little girl across the street anymore, because Joey's not the little boy across the street anymore. The, you know, she's progressed into teenage girl status, and she certainly does want to come over here and watch Barney, you know? Yeah. It was okay when they were little, and, I mean, real little, because they were almost born around the same time, but she's so beyond that now you know she's got her girlfriends and her facebook and her her iphone and her music and her makeup you know so um goods the goods and the bads of living on your own three acres um yeah as opposed to living in the neighborhood which has its own goods and bads that go go right along with it but sometimes i wish we had more neighborhood kids I mean, the kid, the the neighbor next door, the son is, I think he's six going on seven. So he's more Garrett's age. But Cassidy, you know, Cassidy said, you know, has a friend. I don't, you know, I'm like, fine. If you guys want to play together, go ahead, you know. And then we had another kid from the neighborhood down the street come over, too. And I was like, okay. And she has a little girl around the corner that she goes to school with. That she, when when they go to the park, um, she gets to play with. So, whereas where we were living before, there were no kids. So, we've definitely um, made a step up. So, but uh, we'll, next week we're going to talk about April, because it's April and April is Autism Awareness Month. We're going to talk about what can we do to help but I'd like to thank you, Pam, for being my uh, co-host again. Certainly. That kind of sounds pleasure. like you're going to give me the, the boot there. That's <laughs> like, thank you for coming to our house for dinner. You know? Get out. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be the last time we invite you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> but I'd like to say you can email us at feedback at sayitproductions.com all feedback is welcomed um, our voicemail is 813-915-6390 once again you could um, catch us on our website at autismwarriors.com we're here live every Tuesday night at 8pm Eastern if you'd like to donate you can go to sayitproductions.com backslash, backslash donate and look at the various ways you can donate um, to our production company to keep it up and running. And I'd like to thank you all for joining us this week, and we will see you next week. Mm-hmm.